0: your favorite stories again and again, you can always find something new to explore.
1: Dipsy offers a modern approach to romance through high quality and captivating audio fiction. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash just break up.
0: That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories dot com slash just dot com slash just Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder.
1: And I'm Sam Blackwell. This week we're gonna tackle topics like why are all men awful, <laughs> traps, and depression. Oh my God. <laughs> But yeah. first, we just want to give you our surgeon general's warning, which is that we don't know what we're talking about. Totally. We've never been to school for this.
0: Nope. We are not mental health counselors. We're not relationship therapists. We no. are barely people.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh yeah, we're we are just as much of a dumpster fire as all of you and your exes.
1: No, honestly, I was just thinking about like if the Listeners ever heard recordings of us before the podcast starts? And now, in full transparency, um...
0: (laughs) Sam just made a South Park joke, which is like so dated and so not Sam. Oh, it was really weird.
1: Yeah, it was strange. I was like, Do I I apologize for it?
0: Who are you and what have you done with my metrosexual, Uh, homosexual best friend? That's
1: right. One time Peter and I, when Peter and I were first dating, I like went to the bathroom and it like smelled and I came out and I was like, do not go in there. (laughs) And he was like, did you just make an Ace Ventura reference? (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah. Ace Ventura. Mm -hmm. That movie is a trip.
1: That movie is uh, very transphobic.
0: Totally. So...
1: Let's erase it from Way the Way to cannon. go, with the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? Woo-hoo!
0: Yeah. Okay, anyway, this is all to say. Please take our very tangential advice as you see fit. We're just here to offer our humble musings to so hopefully shed some understanding and maybe some laughs on the incredibly rewarding but mostly confusing experience that is love. Welcome to episode 41. 41. 41. It's big. Yeah. It's one more than 40. <laughs> <It's> like- <laughs> Okay, so what is our check-in topic for today?
1: Oh, I thought we could just, like, check in. <laughs> like, with each other. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> no, I what just, do you like... check in about? I think it would be fun for us to talk about, like, what this journey has been from us, like, starting the podcast...
0: 41 episodes ago?
1: Yeah, almost a year ago. Yeah. To, like, now. And I just remember how...
0: We were so, <laughs> so nervous.
1: We were so nervous. And
0: so excited. Yes. Yeah. I think I'm still excited. I'm excited. And I'm still nervous. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sometimes I, like, say things and I'm like,
0: what I say? Yeah.
1: Was that let's, English? Let's, was that, like, a Let's interview each other. Let's, let's
0: ping pong questions. Um yeah. So, uh, I'll start. What What did you—what are you most surprised about, about the podcasting experience?
1: Um, I'm mostly pri- surprised that people listen to us.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sam's honest-to-God goal was like—he's like, I'd love a hundred listeners. <laughs>
1: Which, you know, we have significantly more than that, so yeah. that's good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm surprised at the number of listeners, but I'm also surprised at, like, how passionately the <laughs> listeners feel about us and about, like, the the worldview that we are trying to bring into totally. the world, right? Like, yeah. People who write us and are like, I got out of my re- abusive relationship because, like, I listened to a letter and realized that right. I have worth and that I can say no to people. It's like... How amazing is that? That's Yeah,
0: it, it doesn't, it never gets old yeah. when you all write us, and it never gets, it especially never gets old when you guys use our funny little, like, punchlines. <laughs> when you say, like, head and heart work, or block, 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 or yep. Yep. dumpster fire, like, um that never gets, we never expected that type of engagement, and I love, like, the, the, the global like movement and language that we are all contributing to as mm-hmm. listeners and contributors.
1: Yeah. And some of like some of the things that we that are those phrases are from letters. Right. Yes, like we exactly. didn't even think Good, about true think of love
0: them. was yep. from our first letter that we ever read yep. ever. Yep. Um, dumps, dumpster fire yeah. and black 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 was something that Sam and I said <laughs> randomly or Sam was the black black blacker. Anyway, um, I think. But so, yeah. yeah. That's surprising to me, too. Okay, ask me a question.
1: Um, if you could say one thing to yourself when this podcast started, what would you say?
0: Girl, get ready. <laughs> <laughs> just, just kidding. But really, like, uh, I think when I started it, I didn't anticipate it, um, it taking over so much of my brain. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm a self-employed artist, and I... That takes up a huge part of my brain, being self-employed. You think about your work all the time, especially yeah. when your work is the product of you, yada, 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 um, and you have to sell yourself. Like, I feel like I have hundreds of plates spinning all at once, mm-hmm. and back in July, right before we started, well, I had one plate that was just breakup, you know? <laughs> I was just like, cool, we're going to prep this podcast, mm-hmm. and, you know— f- Five months into it, six months into it, I really realized how much I was prioritizing just break up in my weeks Mm. and how it's like it feels like a 40-60 split between like my quote unquote full time job of poetry Mm -hmm. and and writing and just break up. And I actually I think that's one of my favorite things is that I feel very invested In this, I I love this work. I love this, our partnership. I love our listeners. Um, I love our product. And I just don't think I expected um, it to become a viable piece of my professional life so quickly. But it really has. Like that 40 60 split is healthy to me, actually. Like, yeah, it totally is. I I, I contribute the right amount of time to just break up and the right amount of time to my writing. and I love it. I love. It. I find this work so rewarding um, and so different than my writing work. So mm-hmm. I didn't expect that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you have any fears about the podcast or anxieties?
1: Yeah, I have a fear that uh, y'all are going to go key everyone's car. <laughs>
0: <laughs> because I tell them to. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, no, I mean, I think, I think that I do have a fear of um, saying something on this podcast that comes across as... Um, insensitive right. or, um, that, uh, or that I say something that, that makes somebody think that I am, and I don't person. care, right. Yeah. Or, totally. and because it, it, part of the problem with this podcast is that it is just us right? sitting in a, in a room, often thinking of what we're saying, like, as we're saying it. Totally. And I think, um, you know, we are both trying to bring a level of nuance and compassion and empathy into everything that we talk about. And I think um, I'm just afraid that sometimes I'm going to say something that I don't mean because I'm trying to to reframe yeah. what we're talking or about. That you, or, I,
0: I I think that it's a really unique experience to be this vulnerable. Yeah. Like people see it as um, a position of power, which it is because we have a platform. Yep. But it's the most vulnerable position of power because um, – all of our thoughts are out there. Mm-hmm. All of our feelings are out there. Our experiences are out there, and we, just like everybody else, make mistakes. Yeah. Um. And and hopefully, I don't think we've made a huge error, <laughs> um, <laughs> other than here and there, forgetting a trigger warning or or like accidentally calling your like. The love of your life an asshole <laughs> you know what i mean uh, we're but we're we're not like um above making mistakes but the anxiety of disappointing people i think is definitely something that i i i think about a lot um and try not to affect me to i try not to let it affect me but yeah. it just does yep because um i don't think it's a common lived experience to have access to five thousand people a week or whatever right. um listening to you and and that's it's a lot of pressure i think that's Mm -hmm. what we're talking about here is like giving more power to the pressure or or leaning more deeply into the vulnerability and the understanding that we're just two humans totally unqualified (laughs) trying to trying to make the world a better place absolutely um yeah i relate to that you have any more questions
1: uh What are you most excited about?
0: I am most fucking excited about our first live event. Yes. Um, I'm really excited about that because, you know, I'm kind of a a seasoned performer, Mm -hmm. but I cannot fucking wait to get you on a stage and just have you experience what it's like to, like, throw a live show. Yeah. To have, you know, you come to all my book release shows. It's just going to be fun to, like, share in that with you. Yeah. Um, I mean that really genuinely. (laughs) That, like, I just—I can't wait till— the live show is over and we can look at each other and be like we nailed it or like yeah. you know i don't know i just am really looking forward to that feeling as friends um i'm also looking forward to what will come for the podcast i think you and i are hoping on hoping to do a couple live shows across the country yeah. this fall um yeah i'm just i'm, I'm excited for like where it's going to go you know because like i said I didn't know it would take on so much of my life so fast. Mm-hmm. But I really just would love to do this as long as we consensually want to do it because mm-hmm. I feel like it's a great way for you and I to hang out. And it's also we it's it's the world we want to live in, right? Yep. Like I, yep. I I really believe in trying to have more vulnerable conversations with more people. Absolutely. So yeah. Great. If you guys have any questions about our experience. podcasting, send us them, send us a DM or a Facebook message. Um, So yeah, I think we just wanted to like check in with you all and each other about our process. It's been a little bit of a whirlwind experience creating this podcast, but Sam and I really love it and we hope you're loving it too. Yeah. Uh, Let's get into some letters for today.
1: Great. So our first letter comes from MC, who is writing from Earth. (laughs) This is a bit complicated. My partner used to be my boss. We got together just as I left my job for another career, but we'd had a strange flirtationship before then. I was at university, and he was a bit older, eight years. Originally, we were just sleeping together. Then we got serious quite quickly. At this point, I was living back with my parents, training for my new career, and he still lived where I used to go to work or where I used to work slash go to university about an hour away. Pretty quickly, I got pregnant and subsequently had an abortion. He was very supportive, and it was hard, not really because of the abortion, which was a pretty simple decision for me, but that I didn't feel comfortable telling my parents or work, and being pregnant made me extremely ill. I was told that if I'd carried on with the pregnancy, I would have to have been hospitalized. Mm. About a year after, I moved back to my university city, and we lived together. It's a great relationship. He is now ready to have children and has mentioned, not in a nasty way, that when I was pregnant before, he would have been more than ready and excited to have a child if that had been my decision. Being a little older, he is wanting this sooner rather than later. Being younger, I'm really wanting to wait a few years. My career is really young and I don't have a reliable amount of money." I want to do a few more things, the kind of stuff he did when he was my age, more than this, thinking about how truly awfully ill I was, I'm not sure if I'd ever want to be pregnant again. Mm. I've mentioned this to him and he does not want to consider adoption and just brushed it off as being one of those things you have kind of have to deal with. But it's a big deal to me. I guess I'm kind of I'm kind of just scared of having no control of my body and my life once that decision is made. This is not to say I have 100% made up my mind to never want to be pregnant or have children ever though. I also know that this is a big deal breaker for him and that I can't spend lots of time making up my mind about this because he doesn't feel like age is on his side. I totally understand where he's coming from and don't feel like I have anywhere to go in this situation. I feel like either decision I make is a big gamble in terms of the consequences. I love my partner so dearly and would do anything for him, but I'm not sure that in this situation just doing what he wants is healthy." That being said, he has never put pressure on me to have children now. He's just very open about his feelings about it. Mm. How should how much should either person compromise with such an enormous decision?
0: Mm. Um, thank you so much MC for this letter. I feel like you bring up a lot of really difficult questions <laughs>
1: Seriously, right? that me
0: and my unqualified best friend <laughs> are right. going to try to answer.
1: Uh, I don't have kids and I've never been pregnant, so I can't really talk about this. Yes,
0: but I would like you to unpack your episode short note for this in the beginning of the episode <laughs> sam said we're going to tackle topics like why are all men awful <laughs> and remember earlier when i was said like sometimes we forget a trigger warning and sometimes we call your soulmate an asshole <laughs> perfect example mc i'm sure this guy from everything you've said he has been just like you said you articulated it perfectly for us by saying he hasn't been particularly pushy but just transparent
1: yes which is actually a wonderful and fantastic thing to be right (laughs) so like
0: my bad (laughs)
1: right and i will tell you that i wrote that that on the um on our notes when i was reading through them and i had read through like 25 at that point and so i was just like why really mad at the world and all men (laughs) yeah (laughs) because like the letters that that y'all submit like are just people being awful to you. Yeah. And so I got to this one and I was like, why are all men awful? And then I was like, I think I need to take a break from yeah. reading yeah. yeah. He
0: passed it on to me at that point, MC. <laughs>
1: um, um, so
0: he's your partner is not awful. In fact, it sounds like he's at least been incredibly communicative, yeah. supportive, transparent, um, and he sees a future with you. So those are all pluses. Absolutely. Um, and the questions that you brought up are actually very difficult, nuanced questions. They like, are. So we're going to talk about when it comes to child rearing um, or child growing and rearing, mm-hmm. uh, who, what type of mediations or compromises are fair mm-hmm. um, and how to move forward when there's tension there, I guess. Yep. But first we want to do our ceremonial complaining about <laughs> masculinity <laughs> and the patriarchy. Yeah. in walks like the Olympian with the torch, you know.
1: Yep. It's like, oh, okay, we're doing this again? Great. (laughs) Yeah,
0: he's like, oh, I'm back, guys. I'm back. Ready to light the burn the patriarchy down light. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Candle.
1: Um, Which is just that this like attachment to like paternity. Right. just doesn't, it just doesn't make sense to me. Tell me more. And this idea that like you have to have a, like, the child that you raise has to be your child. Mm. And it just, like, relates back to to viewing women as cattle and being like, oh, I will only take care of that child if it belongs to me. If it you can are a serve, vessel.
0: As, serve as labor for me later.
1: Right. And you are a vessel into which I pour, my like, my seed, and then what comes of it is mine. Yes. <laughs> and I think—and it's just such a toxic, toxic way to be thinking because— not only does it undervalue women but it also undervalues different types of families, families yeah. right it undervalues people who are adopted it undervalues people who live with their grandmas it undervalues people who um foster have, who foster like it it's it's just so toxic that this idea that like oh, I have to have a thing that is mine and mm-hmm. that that child somehow belongs to you. And
0: I, I love, it. I like your use of the word toxic there because it seems really harsh, but that's the perfect word because it's the idea that it slowly and simply poisons thinking. Yes. You know, it's, yep. it's, your partner, MC, is not a bad person no. uh, or anyone out there. You're not a bad person for wanting to um, have a biological child. You're not bad, but how the how the prioritization or uplifting of the... Um What's it called when everybody's related? It's the something family.
1: Nuclear family.
0: The, the the uplifting of the nuclear family um becomes toxic when it deprioritizes or delegitimizes any other type yes. of family. Yep. And so we're not saying your partner is toxic. We're saying that his prioritization of spawning his own seed comes from a slight uh, an oppressive place.
1: Absolutely. And the fact That doesn't that- mean
0: he's oppressive, but right.
1: I mean, it's it's toxic masculinity, right? right. It's, it's stuff that we have been taught and that we then carry with us and unless we are intentionally dismantling it every, everywhere that we go. Right. I
0: love that you said toxic masculinity, too, because I think when we think of toxic masculinity, we think of, like, punching a hole in the wall,
1: right? <laughs> right.
0: But toxic masculinity is not being able to hug your male friend because you don't want to come off as a homo.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know? Toxic masculinity is val- is valuing your— Uh, having your own biological child over the express wishes of the person that you're with, right? Like he is valuing his own innate need to have his own child over the fact that your body— gets ill when it's pregnant and that it will cause you nine months of discomfort and hospitalization and you don't want to do it, right? He's the period, right? The (laughs) issue here is that like he's decided that his will is more important than the sanctity of your body and what you want to do with it. Damn son. (laughs) And that is why I wrote, why are all men awful on this letter?
0: Thank you for coming to our (laughs) TED Talk. That does it for this episode. (laughs) This episode of my friend is a (laughs) badass (laughs) bitch. Uh yeah. So MC, we just wanted to start with that. <laughs>
1: yeah, inside of our system now and now we can be supportive more and loving than- and yeah, empathetic.
0: Right. <laughs> 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 um okay, so uh, when it comes to these hard decisions, well, let me back up and quickly say MC, even after this spiel, even after this spiel that we gave ranting about all of this stuff, me, myself, my body, my my body that is capable of creating a baby, I want to have a baby. Mm-hmm. I want the experience of being pregnant. Yeah. And I am not deterred from that because of Sam's rant, even though I agree with all of the politics in it. Yeah. Um, the difference is I am consenting to that. And if if I could not get pregnant at home, I would adopt instead of doing um in vitro. Sure. like i wouldn't i would spend the money on adopting and i i also still think that one day in my life i would have a a mixed family of um biological and adopted children yeah um this that me sharing that is all to say uh, there's no shame in no. changing your mind or or granting your partner's wishes. Like it, there's no shame in saying, OK, I will do this. We just wanted to point out like the um, inequity or the, the in inad- like the difference between what he's prioritizing and what you're saying to him, which is totally mm-hmm. fair. Yep. The autonomy of your body, your wellness, your well-being and. Um, is important and should be valued just as much as his desire to spawn biological children. Absolutely, biologically related, <laughs> <laughs> No, just biological children. <laughs> um, and and it should be important. Women's bodies, women's comfort, women's choices should be in, like prioritized more. And it's just it's Absolutely. just not. Yep. Um, women are often shuffled down onto the bottom of the totem pole. You know they will put the rights of an abuser. Um, They will put the rights of a fetus above the rights of a woman. Um, And we don't need to get into all of that right here. But it is just so funny how MC, our wonderful writer, wrote in and said, I I don't want to do this. It has caused me great harm. I have this healthy relationship. And yet still, he's not taking my lived experience Mm -hmm. to to have the same weight as his desires.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: And that's hard.
1: It is hard because it's— you know, we can go on these rants, and we can bring in our Olympic torchbearer <laughs> to, to, to burn down the patriarchy. Right. But it is so different to to be in relationship with people and have this happening to you. Right. Right. Like we can talk about how all men are awful, but like also you love this guy. Right. <laughs> right. Like and rightfully so. And rightfully so. Like he's not a bad person. Right. Right. Um. But I I think what we're trying to to say is that we want you to feel empowered to. To say no to this if right. you don't want to have a baby. Right. And to say, listen, hard and fast, I don't want to get pregnant again because it makes me feel ill. It would put me in the hospital. I don't want to go through that again. So at, that's the hard line. Where do we find someplace in the middle where we can work out how to have kids together, how to raise a family together? And I think, um, and if that is what breaks you up, if that is the the thing that sort of tears you down, then at least you know that you have stood your ground, you put up that boundary, you made your stake clear and you didn't compromise yourself just to stay in a relationship with someone.
0: Right, totally because if you did compromise yourself like to that extreme against your own and your your body's own wishes um and you move forward and have a child with this person and and struggle, you might end up resenting him, right? Mm-hmm. The the key here for, for any healthy resolution is 100% transparency and boundaries. The boundaries are the manifestation of your maturity right. and the health of yourself and your relationship yep. lie in those boundaries. So, MC, what are your boundaries? What is your hard line, like Sam says? Like, what are you not willing to do? If you are not willing to get pregnant, then you can say that to him. You, you are mm-hmm. allowed to have that hard line as long as you're willing to somehow negotiate to a future beyond that hard, hard line, right? Yep. Like not not, not across it, yep. but is there is there a place in the future where you guys can meet mm-hmm. um, with the shared goal? Absolutely. I just, I, w- I truly wonder what our cultural fear is of adoption. Um, there's even surrogacy, right? Mm-hmm. Surrogacy s- is, to me... Another costly choice to have a baby that is that oversteps the adoption. You yep. know, when there's lots of young people who need parents. Yep. However, I, I have no judgment. I'm not shaming anyone who is considering surrogacy. Mm-hmm. I understand that the for me here here where I can humble myself and and eat my words a little is like I really want to have my own child so I can experience pregnancy. Mm -hmm. That is something that I want to experience in my life. Um, And so I guess somebody would choose surrogacy so that they could be a more active part in that um, pregnancy. Yeah. Sure. However, this is all, I'm not going to, we could unpack that forever, but (laughs) MC, um, There are many different ways to have a baby. There's many different ways to have a family. Um, And we just hope this empowers you a little to feel like your claim over your wellness is just as valid as your partner's desire to have biological children. Absolutely. Um, And so we just hope you feel empowered to have a little bit more candid of a conversation with your partner about, like, what your hard and fast lines are, what your expectations of him are, that you're allowed to expect him to respect your bodily autonomy.
1: Absolutely. And don't let him sort of brush off your concerns about your body as something that just goes with what pregnancy is, right? right? Like
0: Because that's not a normal pregnancy. No,
1: it's not. And your your discomfort and your physical health is important and it's not something to be brushed off. Right. And so so don't let him undervalue you and also don't undervalue yourself in that. Right. Right. Like you are an autonomous person who gets to make decisions about what your body does. Um, and I think that you you can do it. And, and honestly, if you decide like, well, I, I'm actually just going to get pregnant, like – that's fine. We just want you to be able to make the decision based yeah. on what you want, what you're comfortable with, and what, what you feel okay with with your body.
0: And in terms of, in closing, like your question about like, how do you meet in the middle of all of this? <laughs> Honestly, there's no, there's no specific answer outside of communication and boundaries. Honestly, yep. those are the pillars On which any mediation or resolution are built upon is communication, transparency, and boundaries, right? Like that you have to communicate your feelings. You have to be transparent about your motives, your desires, your expectations, um, et cetera. What you can bring to the table and vice versa. They have to meet you. They have to build those pillars with you. Mm -hmm. And then where are your hard and fast lines? What are your boundaries? What are you willing to do? What are you not willing to do? And vice versa. That, that's the only equation we can give you and anyone out there who's struggling to find a middle ground with their partner. Absolutely. MC, we hope this helps. We hope you feel empowered. Thank you so much for writing. We love you. in the house
1: get warm weather ready with quince go to quince.com/ just break up for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns that's slash just break up to get free shipping and 365 day returns quince.com/just break up
0: all right a second letter is written to us from anonymous anonymous from South Carolina anonymous writes hey Sam and Sierra love y'all and love this work thanks for doing it week after week I met this guy my freshman year of college and from the weekend I met him I felt connected to him not in love with him that was someone else that same weekend but that's another story for another day (laughs) oh (laughs) tangent (laughs) but just really connected as a friend we developed the same friend group and I edited his paper for school papers for school through all this we discovered we had a lot in common singular upbringing passions goals etc we spent incredible times together and we were really there for each other in in a way no one else was at the time. We didn't spend every day together, but the time we did spend was meaningful and fun, and sometimes we would get to the parking lot of campus, look at each other, and decide we weren't ready to go back yet. We could see each other from across the parking lot, lock eyes, and our hangout time would start right then. He made me feel safe, understood, and calm. I started having feelings and shot my shot, and he let me down the opposite of easy. It completely ruined the friendship the exact way everyone was scared it will. He immediately started dating another girl and I was crushed but I moved on I thought that was the end of it I missed his friendship but oh well I moved across the country and figured it was history six months after graduation he calls me out of nowhere and says he's been thinking of me we talk for hours and then start talking every day Then, snapping and texting every day. Again, I'm feeling so safe and understood and cared for by this wonderful man I definitely love as a friend. At this point, I assumed maybe he was just going to be my lifelong guy friend, and I would be okay with that. I was happy to have him back in my life. He told me about his ex, his family, his job, and I did the same. We shared secrets and caught each other up on everything. Two to four-hour phone calls every day. Oh, my God. Then, he starts getting feelings. He starts telling me how cool and pretty I am and how he really cares about me. The tone of our conversations become flirty, and the little freshman college girl in my heart felt so vindicated and enjoyed the attention. He didn't push me to reciprocate, so I played it cool, and we kept talking. Way to go, girl. <laughs> the antithesis of me in my 20s. Uh, we met up during the holidays and kept talking through spring and planned a meetup for June. So this is a long
1: this is a long ass
0: yeah thing little that's online anti court courtship okay yeah. or phone courtship um okay he tells my best friend he has a whole magic weekend planned for us and that he's gonna end it by asking me to be his girlfriend. I am ecstatic and so ready to finally be completely loved by this man. I felt like it was the right time, right place, and we were both so ready. We arrive at Magical Weekend, and it's a train wreck. He acts like he would rather be anywhere else the whole time. I confront him and ask him, what's up? Does he want to be with me or not?" Nah? He said he isn't sure anymore, that I'm great, and that he, quote, probably loves me, but that he doesn't think it will work long term. He said he kept the Magic Weekend plans because he felt guilty about stringing me along and just confused about how to handle it. Being a two on the Instagram and a mayor of Giving Town, shout out episode 32, <laughs> I told him it was fine, bought him ice cream, and let him off the hook. Again, I was crushed but also pissed. I spent the summer having casual flings and trying to forget him. Spoiler alert none of the flings worked out, but they were fire. <laughs> <laughs> We didn't talk for almost two years after that. Two years. Two years. Except once when he called in for me that one of our friends was in the hospital. Then one day this past October, he calls me up and I'm expecting more tragic news. But no, he's calling to see, quote, how I am and to update me on how he is. We talk like old friends and he ends up calling me a few more times. I answer and we keep talking, but he never told me why he suddenly decided to reconnect. I stopped answering his calls because I was worried that we were just going to ride the same train again and that I would fall for him again. He He stopped calling after a few tries. This was four months ago. I am happy, healthy, whole, but single and still have a spot in my heart that misses this friendship and wonders where it went wrong. The thing is, he just commented on a recent life update of mine on Facebook saying he misses me, respects the work I'm doing, and wants me to call him soon. I want to talk to him, but I don't know if I can do it without falling into the same trap. He's such a nice guy, and if I keep answering, he will keep calling. I feel like if we get to where we talk often again, I will fall in love with him again, and he will reject me. Please help. I miss his presence in my life, but I also don't want to jeopardize all the head and heart work that it has taken me to learn to survive without his friendship or support. All right, Anonymous. It's a
1: great letter. (laughs) I know. It's so juicy. (laughs) Even though, like, we read them— like, when you read them to me in the studio, it's always like, oh, yeah. Like, the
0: drama. Yeah.
1: Like, I always forget about all of the juicy bits. I so. know.
0: Um, all right, Anonymous. I uh, I think a lot of people are going to relate to this letter. Uh-huh. Right? Just that person who, like, flits in and out of your life yep. and comments on the day you don't want them to comment on your fit, You know, or, like, you're like, oh, my God, I'm happy and free. And then, like, ding, he yeah. just tweeted me. Or, you know, like, she <laughs> just sent me a picture. Yeah,
1: it always seems like... The, it's that at the exact moment that you're like, I think I might be like over this, and then suddenly it's like,
0: ding, here we are. Yeah, you know, I don't want to know what the most heartbreaking version of that was in my life. There's this, there's this person from my past that was like always the on and off person, like total unrequited love, but also requited. So tumultuous, like we could never just get there. Yeah, like my friends at the time would, it was like the Ross and Rachel of the group. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Are so and so and Sierra going to date? Right and i swear to god this motherfucker <laughs> doesn't talk to me for you know 6 months or something starts dating someone else and and i don't talk to him because i'm like i'm done i can't yeah. I, I can't deal with this and then He comes and sees me at a show where I'm performing, and I'm on stage, and while I'm performing, he texts me that he loves me. (laughs) That is some manipulative, gonna (laughs) tiptoe back into your life bullshit. (laughs) Gonna love you while you're on stage, but not answer your calls when you're off. That type of bullshit. Yeah, and that's the first time that I realized, like, oh my god, there are different types of authenticity when it comes to being involved in your life like of course you want my attention when i'm performing or when i like look nice or like when
1: everyone is like looking at you and you're on the like the center of attention like of course he he wants to be the one that like you look at
0: totally totally did go home with him that night so that's fine (laughs) (laughs) anonymous going back to you um don't do what i did right (laughs) don't do what i did because guess what this person the first time, sure, you can, like, especially in college, you make dating mistakes, you make friendship mistakes. Like, there's lots of blurred lines in certain friend groups, and he let you down the opposite of easy, and that just happens. Cool. You came back into each other's lives. You're fucking talking two to four hours a day. That's fucking insane. Nightmare. That's Sam's nightmare. <laughs> that's my wet dream. <laughs> um, <laughs> episode title. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> Oh, God. Okay, anyway. um, So, he's doing all of this back and forth. No, no. The first back and forth, understandable. The second time, you guys, it sounds like you guys were talking for months daily. And then, I get it. I get it, homie. Like, you're confused. You don't want to cancel Magic Weekend because you don't want to disappoint me. But you know what's really disappointing? Expecting a Magic Weekend and then finding out that Magic Kingdom is fucking closed. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Like, showing up in your fucking Mickey Mouse. Headband, being yep. like, I'm gonna get a boyfriend this weekend, but instead, he just takes you to the empty parking lot of Best Buy. <laughs> you know, like I, <laughs> he should have just called it off right then. Like, like that's what adults do. Yeah. And this homie is trying to come back into your life now because he misses the respect and love and attention that he that you gave him when yep. you thought it was a reciprocal relationship. But Absolutely. guess what? It was a hundred percent not a reciprocal relationship. At least at the end, mm-hmm. right? And now he wants it to reciprocate again, and and he just hasn't earned it.
1: No, he definitely has not. And, and we
0: we picked this letter because it's a perfect picture. It's a perfect example of hashtag blah <laughs> Yes. But also, I think one of the thing that pl- thing that like most plagues people in romance is the back and forth.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah, because it's. There nothing ever gets a clean death, right? Mm-mm, it's mm-mm, just always mm-mm. like, oh, he's still lurking Even in there.
0: Game of Thrones. People die and they come back from the dead. <laughs> and you're like, what? What? I don't understand. What? I thought I blocked you. <laughs> How are you faxing me right now? It's 2019. <laughs> they like send a courier pigeon. Yeah,
1: right? Um. Yeah, and it's just it's so frustrating to be in that situation because like they come back into your life and it's like immediately everything that was and everything that you missed before. Right. Like everything that you think about as being like, oh, those were the good times. But then they're asking you to forgive like all of the the bad times or they're right. not even acknowledging that they happened. And it's just such a – the up and down of that I think is like – In some ways, an addicting thing.
0: Totally, totally (laughs) addicting. Didn't expect you to say that, and then I had to process it. It's totally addicting because just like you said, Anonymous, it's vindicating. It's empowering. It's flattering. It feels way better than thinking he's fine without me.
1: Yes. Absolutely. But the reality
0: is, one, he's fine without you. And two, we don't live in a world in which we value negative Behaviors as much as we value positive ones. Like Mm. The fact that he commented on your Facebook and called you out of the blue will inherently have more weight in your heart than the fact that he was a big flaming trash can and broke your heart twice in a pretty drastic way the second time, I would say. Um, And I just want to live in a world in which we— understand that things don't always have to be good to be good Mm -hmm. and by that i mean you don't have to reconcile you don't need to answer his phone call you don't need to like quote make this right again things are good as is right now yeah we don't need to move back in time to find closure or to move forward absolutely it's like two steps back one step forward it's never going to get us anywhere
1: right and what he is setting up for you right now is a trap (laughs)
0: Oh, for sure.
1: (laughs) I feel like Admiral Akbar, like shouting, it's a trap. (laughs) Like, that is actually, I feel like I say that to all of my friends all the time. It's a trap. Yep. Uh, And it is. And I don't think, like, I'm not trying to say he's a mastermind and he's like doing this. He's not a mastermind. That's a
0: great reminder that he's not like sitting in a fucking lab somewhere with a hairless cat, figuring out how to fuck with your heart. No. He's He's just trying to be a good guy Yeah, he, quote, cares about you.
1: Following his feelings, (laughs) just, like, doing what feels right. Yeah, and then
0: you're like, why are you fucking with me? And he's going to be like, what? Why are you so, like, chill? Like, (laughs) we're just like, I'm just talking, you know? And that's how you disempower someone with boundaries is that you tell them to chill.
1: Yes, absolutely. But it is—so he's not a mastermind. He's not Dr. Evil in his lair, but it is a trap. It is. He has laid a trap for you to get sucked back into the bullshit that he put you through last year. Yeah. And so don't step in the trap.
0: The only Walk way... Walk away from the yeah, trap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bye, trap. <laughs> the, only, the only way that you guys can have a relationship moving forward is if on your own terms, on your own timeline, completely divorced from these, this weird Facebook comment that he wrote, mm-hmm. Um, you say... I need to have a conversation with you about how you seriously hurt me um two times in our history. And that hurt has made me question whether or not I'm safe to be your friend.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. And, and he,
0: if you can reconcile with that, if you can be accountable to that, if he accepts that and acknowledges how his behavior cannot be repeated, yep. or else you will not be his friend. Um, if you can do that, then maybe you can move forward and be friends. But again, boundaries are the manifestation of your maturity. Boundaries are your key savior here.
1: Yeah. And, but I'm like over it.
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 At this point. bruh.
1: Like, I, I don't even like he had two chances, man. Yeah. Like he doesn't deserve a third one. At I agree. All. Like, let him go do his thing to someone else.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, and and this is the thing that we always come back to. Yes. He was a good guy. Yes, you had a great connection. But let me tell you something anonymous from, from like, the most sincere part of my heart. That unrequited person that I'm talking about, like, it's been 10 plus years since that unrequited love happened. And I don't miss him. (laughs) I'm glad we didn't work out. Yeah, Um, It took a while to untangle the the specialness that I thought we had. And it doesn't take away from the fact that for those— three years he was special to me Yep. but now he's not right and that doesn't mean he wasn't then but now he's not and it, it doesn't have to be a continuation of the special absolutely and so you don't have to make a special place for him in your heart you don't have to give him special treatment because he was once special
1: yes absolutely and i and i know that you miss him in your life But you right now are only missing the good things. And I want to tell you that the good comes with the bad. Yeah. Like he is not two separate people who's the best friend for you and then the jerk that broke up with you. All of that is in one person. So if you let him back into your life, you're not just letting the good guy in, you're also letting the guy who hurt you in. Yup. So that's why I keep saying it's a trap because it is totally a trap, 100%. With this good guy thing, but the good guy is the bad guy. Venus
0: (laughs) flytrap of a man. Absolutely. Penis (laughs) flytrap. I can't even claim that joke. My niece said that joke once when she was like three. It wasn't a joke. She said, what is a penis flytrap? Not knowing that.
1: It's a vagina. Know. That's what I call a vagina.
0: <laughs> oh what well, is that? That's a vagina? That's my
1: old timey vaudeville voice.
0: Oh, well, let me see. Yeah, son. <laughs> this is why uh, we cut to three letters, people, so that we can have a quality content like this. That's right.
1: Right, exactly. Just break up
0: plummets <laughs> in its listenership. <laughs> okay, moving on to Oh wait, Anonymous, wait. we love you. Thank you so much for writing. Give us a little update to this juicy little back and forth. Yeah, please um do. Uh, yeah, we believe in you. Thank you so much for writing, Han.
1: All right, our last letter of the day uh, is from Who Are You? who's writing from Minneapolis. Uh, and heads up, just a trigger warning that uh, there is a mention of suicide in this letter. Hi, Sierra and Sam. I just want to say thank you for everything that you do. Listening to your podcast has really helped me process through my emotions, and I am extremely grateful for it. Here I go. I met my ex-BF through the internet, and at first we were only friends. But as we talked more and more, we became super close and decided to embark on an LDR. Long-distance
0: relationship for everybody who's over 25, (laughs) like me.
1: Eventually, he moved to Minnesota to be with me and to build a life together. I was fairly young then. We got our first apartment, and things were super great, and I was so happy for three years. Long story short, a lot of self-reflection happened for me, and I ended up breaking up with him. We stayed very good friends, however, until he met someone else. I got extremely jealous, even though I know I had no right to it. I wanted us to be best friends forever, even if we weren't in a romantic relationship. I felt like we were soulmates and we were meant to find each other in this big world. We stopped talking because there was an abrupt explosion of emotions following me finding out that he had met someone and he wanted to be with her. We ended our friendship sort of amicably, and I will just leave it at that. Hmm. After our friendship breakup, I realized ...that I was not the best person in our romantic relationship or our friendship. And I think I know why, too. Shortly before we met, I had attempted suicide because I was at what felt like the lowest point in my life. Only a few days later, we met, and my whole world changed for the better. However, I think that was because I was struggling so much, and I used my ex as my savior. Everything that was wrong with my life, I found a happy alternative in him, and I became extremely codependent. We all He also did the same. We basically could not live without each other, and anything we did or any choices we would make, we would always consider the other person first. We were really happy and had, and were a really great team, probably because of our codependency. I realized that there was a lot of times where I would push him away and shut him out completely for no reason when I was feeling depressed. I would pick fights with him when I didn't need to and or get angry with him over extremely small details— I understand that part of it was because of my unresolved depression, and I will not use it as my excuse, but my explanation as to why I was so awful sometimes. After this realization, I got some closure, and I realized that we are not right for each other in the end, despite our love. He was more balanced than I was. He had be- he had a better thought process, and he was smarter than I was.
0: Ah, not better. Just different. <laughs> just want right. to interject right there.
1: Yep. I feel so immature compared to him, and I know that we were at different points in our development, but we somehow found each other. I am taking this time as a self-reflection period and to learn more about myself. I'm writing this letter because when we were in a relationship, I was sure that I was sure who I was or what I wanted out of life. But following our initial breakup and friendship breakup, I had a crisis. I didn't know who I was. I struggle with self-identity. I often feel that even before I met him, I didn't know who I was, and I was still in the process of finding myself even though I didn't know it. Meeting him made my life so much better, but I also think it clouded my reality. I couldn't find myself, so I put all of, I put my all into us, and I eventually erased any trace of who I was or was going to be and focused on becoming an us instead." I don't know how to understand who I am. I know there are things that I like and I don't like, but I don't know what kind of person I am. I have basic beliefs, but I feel lost and empty inside. I look in the mirror, and I don't know who that person is. I'm trying to soul search, but I'm having such a hard time. The only thing that I resonate with is depression. When people are asked to draw or think of what depression looks like, they draw some really scary being. But all I see is myself. Mm. I am depression. I know that this is part of my issue on finding myself— Yet I also feel like my whole life has been a lie and I've been lying to everyone I've ever met about who I am. Like I am putting on a face, but deep inside, I am a person who is sinister or scary. How do I get over this? How do I learn how to find out who I am and what I really am? I am afraid that I am actually the scary person who doesn't care about other people and only cares about herself. I am scared of the person I might be. Sorry for such a long letter. Thank you so much for everything that you do.
0: Okay, I'm going to call you anonymous.
1: Who are you? Hoo hoo. Hoo hoo. My little owl.
0: <laughs> my little owl. Okay, I'm going to call you my little owl. Um oh my little owl, I'm so glad that you wrote us. Absolutely. And your letter is so powerful. I know it's going to strike a very serious chord in so many of our listeners as oh. well as Sam and I. Oh,
1: seriously? Yeah.
0: Um and I think what you've touched on I want to first say, might feel like you, you might feel like you are the only one that feels this way, that you feel like you are this broken, sinister, scary person that doesn't care about anyone else. Yep. And that you're just hiding this from everyone else. Like mm-hmm. you are hiding your true scary self from them. Yep. And if they knew, if they just knew a sliver of your real person, that they would run and hide from you. But that is a lie that your depression is telling you yep. to make you feel like. More helpless. Yep, you are one hundred percent not unique in this experience, yep. right? Like we so often feel like we are the most broken or the most fucked up, mm-hmm. and whatever um, depression or mental health issue is trying to oppress us at that time only gets stronger with isolating ourselves. So Absolutely. first, we just want to say. It, you will be you would be amazed to know how many of our just break up listeners will relate to what you just said.
1: Oh, absolutely! I related to it. Right. A hundred percent. Right. Uh, and t- like my twenty or my nineteen year old self related to it, and my thirty year old self also related to right. it. Right. Totally. This idea that if if people just knew about me, that they would see that I'm a terrible, rotten human inside. Right. And I think what is that issue here is that. You're afraid that the thing inside you is this big, scary monster that is horrible and awful. But what Sierra and I want to tell you is that that thing inside of you is not a monster. It is a a soft, lovable, beautiful baby.
0: Right. (laughs) That's the last fucking thing I thought you were going to say. Do you even like babies, bro?
1: (laughs) No, but conceptually.
0: (laughs) Yes, continue. It's a baby owl.
1: Yes, it is. And that that tiny baby owl is scared. Right. And that tiny baby owl is being told over and over and over again that it's a monster. Yep. And it's not. It's it is soft, it is tender, it is hurting, it is looking for other owls to hang out with. It's looking for that connection and it and it's misreading all of this right as being a monster. Right. And we want to talk to you and we want you to talk to that baby owl inside of you. In a way that recognizes that it's a cute, adorable, uh, lovely baby owl.
0: Valuable being. Absolutely. A yep. valuable being. it doesn't um, – what we want to first acknowledge is that if you think of your body as like a well – like you remember like your, your body is 78 percent water or something yep. mm-hmm. like that. If you feel like your body is 99 percent depression – that's, you're still valuable. If yep. you think that your body is 99% depression, you are still lovable. Mm-hmm. You are still worthy of living. You are still worthy of working on yourself. You are yep. still worthy of getting to know. Even if you think that this big shadow covers your entire authentic self, yep. I don't care. <laughs> and I, I don't care. I don't care that you're hurting. I want to know you. Yes. I don't care that you think you're a bad person. I want to know you. Yep. I don't care that you think you're unlovable. I want to love you. Yep. Um and I think that's the the first crucial lie that depression tells us yes. is that it like that the that we are tainted, broken, unlovable, monstrous yep. and that nobody wants to know this part of us. But I think the reason why we have a podcast right now that is in some semblance successful (laughs) is because people want to air out these monsters. People want to see the monster um that other people are carrying around so that they feel less ashamed of their own, right? So that they stop calling it a monster. The other day I was like tweeting about having one of those days in which like all of your anxiety and self-loathing compounds into a monster and that monster is called like Everybody hates you and your podcast sucks. And, oh, by the way, your writing is terrible and your parents are mad at you and it's going to feel like this forever. And that's its formal name. (laughs) That's how it signs its checks, you know? And somebody responded to me on Twitter and just said... I know I don't 100% know what you're going through, but I know that I have my own monsters. And when they're really loud, I just need someone to acknowledge it. Mm -hmm. So I'm acknowledging your monster. I'm telling you this isn't easy, but I'm letting you know I see you. And so that's what Sam and I are saying right now, like that you are not defined by this. But even if you were, even if you were, we would still see you. We would still Mm -hmm. hold you. We would still love you. And I want to say something really quickly before I forget it. You said, like, I'm really afraid that people will find out how— selfish. I am that I don't care about anybody else. Right. Yeah. Um, I could spend my time reassuring you like, no, 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 it's OK. You're a loving person. You have so much love to give. You can take care of other people. But I don't give a fuck about that right now. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I, I What I care about right now, my little baby owl, is that I don't your worthiness is not inherent on how good you are to other people.
1: Oh, no, it's absolutely not
0: your your worthiness to enjoy your life to love yourself isn't dependent on the hours you spend volunteering or the number of like baby seals you like CPR back to life like I, it 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 is not dependent on your goodness your goodness yep. is inherent mm-hmm. right so don't think of it in terms of a tally of what makes a good person and what makes a bad person think about it in in terms of the fact that everyone has this inner monster and that you just have a very strong relationship to yours, so yep. much so that it is it is clouding your sense of identity. Yep.
1: And, that, you know, you talk about how you don't think that you have a, a personality outside of depression. But you say, there are things that I like and I there are things that I don't like. You have some beliefs, right? And That's it's, enough. That's it. That is what having a personality is. It's like having things that you like and you don't like and having beliefs about the world, right? Right. Um, but your depression is telling you that those things don't count, right? And I'm going to tell you right now that those things do count. Right, they are part of who you are. You are a person who's operating in the world who has a personality outside of depression. It's just that the depression is making it so that you can't see right. that.
0: And Sam and I don't want to de- legitimize this depression, this hurt, no. this this very real. Um, mental health condition. Yep. We don't want to de- delegitimize it. We want to dethrone it. Yes. Right. We want to acknowledge and say this exists, but we're going to take away the power that it has. Right. Yep. And even when it has power over you, I want you to still be able to say this is only a piece of me. Mm-hmm. This is only a piece of me that I'm constantly analy- Analyzing working on doing yep. this head and heart work to dethrone this thing that, that makes me feel like it has all of me. Absolutely. When it is not all of me, it is only a part of
1: you. Absolutely. And so, um, I mean, we've talked about this before, but negative self-talk is what helps us will into being negative feelings about ourselves. Right. <laughs> right. And so um, I know that this is is hard, but the reality is, is that you've got to stop treating your insides like a monster and start treating them like the tiny baby owl that right. it is. Um you need to you need to look at that owl and and treat it with love and say nice things to it and don't call it a monster because it is. It's hurting. It's it's in you. Um and so the first step on that process is to just cut that negative self-talk out. Completely. And I know it's
0: hard and I know it sounds hippie woo woo bullshit, but if you could just go for one week to 7 days. Yep. Fuck man, go for 3 days. <laughs> without having a negative thought about yourself, like redirecting those negative thoughts. Instead yeah, of saying I'm ugly, the, yeah. saying I have a body and my body does great things for me. Yep. Instead of saying I'm worthless, say I provide value to my job, to my family, to my friends, mm-hmm. um, to the world by living and existing and breathing and voting. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> whatever small contribution you give to this universe, yep. um, that is valid. That is real.
1: Absolutely. And it's, yeah, and it's, it's not that you're going to stop those negative thoughts from happening. It's you're about redirecting redirect. it, yeah, right. You're still going to like, I still look in the mirror and I'm like, Oh, how could you? <laughs>
0: you are so attractive, oh my God, but <laughs> like it's
1: about, like, oh, no, that's not a thing that we're going to be thinking about right. ourselves nope. so like
0: it's literally, I, I can't. it's it is the head part of the head and heart work, yeah, is you are going to redirect those thoughts. And it does take work, my little owl. It takes it does. work. To stop being so cruel to ourselves. Absolutely. But the work is worth it. And I swear to my entire being, <laughs> I swear to the universe that, that one of the biggest steps in, in, in this head and heart work is accepting the fact that you are whole— Even as you grow, even as you make mistakes, even as you fail and fall down and get back up, you are whole that entire process. There is not a before or an after depression. There is only during and becoming. Yep. And, and enduring, right? Yeah. Um, I think that there's this fallacy of, we, we, of the threshold, right, of I'm going to walk over this finish line and I'm going to be a whole, complete, good person when I do all of these 50,000 things Absolutely. that you need to be to be a fucking human on this planet. But in reality— Like, we are whole right now, even if we have negative balances in our bank accounts, even if we cheated on someone, even if we are struggling with depression or suicidal thoughts. Like, you are whole right now. You are not broken. You are just trying to find a way to become and be. And so, right now, you might think that this is all of you, and that is a flaw, but I want to say, like, this is just a part of your journey. This is this is a part of your self-discovery, but that self-discovery never stops. Yep. And it's more just like you add more to yourself. Yeah. You're not going to be able to wipe this part of your life clean and right to start over. Yeah. is that you are going to grow stronger and continue to grow and be and become.
1: Absolutely. And I would say, um, my little owl, is that if you are not already in therapy, uh, that you should definitely seek that out because— um, having a therapist is going to be extremely helpful and helping guide you through that to help you see the, the tiny baby owl that exists within you. And I hope that Sierra and I have been able to help you in this moment. Um, but longer-term support is definitely something that you that right. you need to seek out.
0: And I don't want you to think that therapy will ever be someone being like, oh, my God, you should love yourself, <laughs> right? It's more of a venue to, to articulate these feelings that you're, you're telling us, yep. right? It, it, therapy is the place that you say, I feel like depression defines me. hmm and they'll they'll walk you through those feelings and yep. what of that is real and what of that isn't real and what can you combat and and what are there are, what are ways you can redirect these thoughts absolutely. Uh, our little tiny baby owl, we love you so much. We love you. Um, I hope you don't have like a bird phobia. Yeah,
1: <laughs> like really hates owls. Yeah,
0: or else we just ruined it all. <laughs> it
1: was like at one point attacked by an owl. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, we love you so much. Thanks for writing.
1: Thank you so much. All right, this brings us to the blind date segment of our episode. Uh, This is where we shout out something that we want to send you home with. This week, we want to set you up on a blind date with... Nature. (laughs) (laughs) I want to say, if I said this, you would be so mad at me. (laughs) A
0: hundred percent. A hundred percent. But here's my funny little story for you. Uh All um, our wonderful little owls out there. Uh, It's springtime snow is finally going away thank baby jesus Mm -hmm. um and that wonderful smell of like fresh mud and newness is out there and my funny little story is the other day uh we went out Mm -hmm. our friends did and then the next morning i was a tiny bit hungover because i'm almost 33 (laughs) and you don't drink without getting hungover in your 30s sorry (laughs) spoiler alert and i honestly i i let my dog out the first thing in the morning when I woke up and just being outside, like taking a deep breath, like cured my hangover. Oh, good. Um, just fresh air and being outside in the world. And I and the reason why it's my blind date is because of two things. One, um, I do think that sometimes in our digital world, we get so... Um, we forget that there's an outside world. Right. Mm-hmm. And I yep. and I don't mean that in a crazy tree hugger way, even though I was raised by hippies and my middle name is Fawn. Right. Yep. right? <laughs> yep. um, I just think that like so much of our, our working worlds, our interpersonal relationships, um, our, our social media f- make us forget that there is a whole world of an experience mm-hmm. uh, of experiences outside of our door yeah. and that there are like true in. Endorphin-releasing experiences. Um, there's true healing properties to just being outside. Absolutely. Even more so than curing my hangover. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah and, and the second reason why I'm suggesting this is because it's spring and spring is the ultimate metaphor for self care and self wellness that the, that that nature doesn't give a shit if it made a mistake nature doesn't care um, if you ate too much um, or they're concerned of your quote unquote bikini body nature doesn't care if you um, have anxiety it doesn't care if um it it is muddy everywhere and 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 that it froze all winter, it always comes back. It always comes back, and it always gives itself an opportunity to to grow and be new again. And I just encourage you all to, like, go take a five-minute walk outside. Mm -hmm. Take a 10-minute walk outside. Go on a hike. Find your local park. Instead of going out to the bar and meeting your friends, or instead of um, watching your favorite TV show, like, try spending 10, 15, 30 minutes outside. Um, And to see how that, that does for your mental health, because I think that there's a real connection between um, being outside nature and, and your mental wellness. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, just be outside in whatever way your body is capable of being outside. Love it. Yeah, hippie bullshit I know, but...
1: No, I'm so into it.
0: it it's been... it's It's... Me and my dog have been in an infinitely better mood because fucking... Seasonal depression's a thing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, it is.
0: And we would, like, stir crazy this winter.
1: Oh, no. this because it's a horrible winter.
0: Yeah. Go outside. <laughs> all right.
1: <laughs> all right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. You can like us on Facebook, and you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Just Breakup Pod.
0: You can also slide into our DMs, send us your favorite relationship memes, but most importantly, you can submit your questions about all matters of the heart at JustBreakupPod.com.
1: Please don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating and review and also consider supporting us on Patreon. If you support us at $5 a month, you get an additional weekly episode, $5 a month for an additional weekly episode, patreon.com slash justbreakuppod. This helps us keep the lights on and it helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers giving them relationship advice.
0: Original music, recording, editing, and producing by our friend Big Cats. Make sure to check out his podcast, the What If Podcast. And remember, so often we spend so much time in the dirt, so much time digging around, trying to find that water in that well. We spend so much time focused downward on our problems that we forget that there's so much world and air out there to refresh us we forget that we spend so much time looking down on what oppresses us our past what brings us back to places of hurt that we forget that oftentimes we can just let go by looking up man if all else fails
1: just break up